Here we go. Podcast 54. This will be on the portal and reclassification. This is not your normal news. Uh, I'll have that shortly on 55. And for anybody who uh, needs to come back and see this, I will be posting this story uh, under Blue Star Media as a written story. And I will have it on Apple and Spotify as a podcast and obviously on Blue Star Media YouTube as a vidcast. So um, let's get to it. Uh, I'll be looking down a lot because uh, I wrote this out a few days ago and sadly my phone blew up, but that's okay because what I was discussing here is exactly what was happening. So let's go and we'll get into it. The portal. I discuss this at many other times during the podcast over the last six to eight months. Uh, everybody was aware once the NCAA gave uh, college players an extra year that the it's like the engine coming to a halt and it hits every car till it gets to the caboose. Well, right now we're at the caboose phase and I'm just going to go and read what I wrote, which will be posted again on Blue Star Media org and you can read it there the state of women's college basketball and even high school girls basketball and travel will face the most difficult next six months ever why because of covid and the impact on players at all levels being able to play we'll dis discuss the college freshman class of 21 this is the last this is last year's high school great 2020 class that did not even have a chance to finish the season have a graduation and in many places not even have a chance to play for a state championship or any kind of championship. And that includes uh, all-star games too. Colleges weren't spared either as many top women's programs had their tournaments stop. Uh, some even in, uh, admit uh, in the middle of their game and their seasons canceled. Many college seniors had no choice but to move on and graduate. That means getting a diploma without walking with family and friends to a ceremony all-Star Games were canceled, pro workouts were canceled as the world came to a complete stop and turned into a virtual universe. That was life a year ago, give or take a few months, or even weeks. For those in college, it was a wait and see as those, what comes next, graduate the following year, get a year back, transfer, quit playing basketball. For those at the high school level, who had their seniors put on hold or canceled, the hope of summer basketball loomed last June. And even that was up in the air after state governors put their respective constituents under lockdown for most of April and May and into June. And boy, do I remember all that. Last summer became helter-skelter. Some states were able to play in the, in the Midwest and South, while others on both coasts were under brutal lockdown. Well, you could say that's about some of the politics. To, to create an atmosphere of uncertainty, as players played, um, you know, everybody had to uh, look and find wherever they can play and get a video, whatever they could do. And that's what they were looking for. Everybody was promising this and that and, and video this and that. For the first time ever, college coaches had, uh, your, had your ability to watch as much, as, bas as much basketball as they chose from their own homes and offices and not travel or have any expenses except for the stream itself. 
Here was a golden opportunity to sit back and watch hundreds of games when you wanted and to watch players whenever you wanted. And that was huge because in the past, the NCA and the coaches tried to create an economic uh, hold on their viewership, which has a financial value. And what they try to deny that uh, by giving a calendar, which is going to be another podcast, um, that's the fight right now. But, you know, there was no, uh, there was no reason not to watch whenever you wanted. Coaches could buy anything within their budgets. As we explained in other podcasts, budgets for colleges were an issue. So this saved a lot of people money. Um, some travel teams and programs outright chose uh, not to play and waited till late in the summer to get some games in. Uh, some said it was uh, health reasons, and that was their main rationalization. Others did not play because elite-level basketball costs money, and as we all know, uh, it costs money uh, to run operations, and some of these people are operating on a shoestring, if not, no money at all. And if an event can't comp them, then they can't go because that event can't give them money because they don't have any. So it became a domino effect. A lot of premier teams, and I can name practically every one of them. And you could just go back and look who played. The fall of 2020 brought some relief as travel basketball played well into August and September. Uh, uh, and some with high schools in some areas were still put on hold while others had the freedom to go play. Many states across the country had truncated seasons uh, or uh, set calendar days uh, to play. Again, college coaches had the opportunity to watch if they so choose to view their recruiting list. You know, um, at the end, it saved uh, everybody at the college level money. That was the basis for it, to save money and give the opportunity. So when people are saying, oh, we need to see you, that is because they cannot evaluate and they don't know how to do their job. And if they, can't, if they say they can't, well, why are they watching all these, their opponents playing college on video? And they have their assistants breaking down film on that, which I call basketball homework. All right, back to this written story, enough with me. Everybody who played basketball was having their life turned upside down. And college coaches had to also endure the impact of last year's uh, finals for not playing. Hence, no money distributed to the universities, which meant college cutbacks across the board for many athletic departments. There, I am told, numbers of universities told their staffs to take furloughed days off. That meant, meant unpaid vacations, sometimes for weeks on end to save their athletic department money. That's why you see the big push for the tournament this year, both men and women. Some coaches took direct cutbacks, other, salar other salaries, uh, in order to spare their assistants' money. Yeah, they took the cut on their salary to save their assistants. Uh, many schools were not able to get new hires or had to hold off for new hires until well into the fall. The season for co colleges was similar to high, uh, and, and high school. It was across the board. Many players and programs shutting down due to the COVID period. Across the board. You know, nobody knew what was going to happen. Some states, yes, you're going to play. No, you're not. <coughs> right now, to push to get back to both the men and women's Final Four played, especially the men's, because they bring in the bulk of the TV money for the NCAA. That's why. And we've all seen that news recently with the inequities of the men's and women's Final Four. And that's 
another podcast. As we all have witnessed, nothing matters except getting the event run so that the money comes in. Two big items have come out of this push. The disparity of treatment and execution between the men and women's programs and the final four and the other big monster in the room um, you know, is the push for activism over name, image, and likeness, which is now also headed to the Supreme Court. And a part of that is also revenue distribution of those broadcasts to the athletes who create it versus the other students who are in the school getting a scholarship because they're using that money to pay for non-Olympic sports and sports that don't bring in money. Um, I'll spare everybody a deep dive on that since I've covered it so many times in the Blue Star Media podcast. If there's any group that needs to listen to this information, it'll be all those top players in high school and even some college freshmen because something will come down for next year. I'll cover that in another separate podcast and article because we're seeing the ramifications right now. Uh, since we're looking at the Final Four in April, we're also now in the process of every player needing to decide what does next year look like. Next year. Well, that starts for college athletes over the next three weeks. <coughs> Everybody on a college roster uh, is facing the following. Do I come back? And if I do, will I play? If I do come back and I don't, play should I stay if my desire is to get an education do I stay or do I transfer if it's for my education do I get my master's during this time if I'm only thinking about trying to be a pro player overseas and not worried about a master's uh, and and I may not play I guess I better think about transferring maybe if I'm going to transfer where do I go no matter what I have to tell uh, my school which puts me into the portal uh, everybody knows you couldn't tell them that. <coughs> you couldn't tell that to any coach before the end of the season, which is right about now. And why? Because if you're in the portal and you're an average player, I mean, do you really want to go in there without not having your next school or scholarship? Which means you're taking a scholarship away from that high school player. If you're a really good player, people are already starting to make calls behind the scenes. I know because I've been dealing with that. Uh, for months on end about is this player coming is this player staying um, so you basically have to you know you can't tell your school unless you know where you're going and if you're really not following this and you tell them without knowing I mean they're happy to say oh good yes goodbye as soon as you're in the portal thank you you want to transfer <coughs> we'll help you which they really don't but they want to get rid of that spot especially now because of the reclassification, and the impact on the 21s and 22s. Um, so during that time, those who get in, uh, get into the portal have been contacting a travel coach or high school coach or trainer to find another school for them. If you're not that alert as to your destiny, you may want to wait until the end of the season, put your name in the portal, and hope somebody finds you. All that is going on right now. Here becomes the problem. And I'll say this, last year there was... Half the people in the portal did not even make a lateral or up move. They had to go down or they had to stop playing. If you're a good player um, and you're a starter and you want to go into the portal, you most likely have an opportunity to find a school because another college would rather take you as a proven player than a high school senior who has not proven herself in college unless you were a top 100 high school rated player. If you're not a starter in college, then you will have a tougher time because you could end up just being another roster play on another college 
lest one of those schools that recruited you still think you have it. That means your school two, three, and four that you didn't pick, which is why you never burn your bridges, they could end up being your transfer school. And if it was a good, you know, hey, sorry, I'd love to play for you, but I went here. Or it's like, oh, I wasn't going to play for you. I'd rather go here. Well, if you're getting that latter one, nobody's going to take you unless you're really good. And you can make that roster better. Uh, since college rosters have been given the option to play this year without losing a season, that means many schools have recruited class of 21 players who have issues staying within the 15 roster spot mandated by the NCAA women's basketball. There will probably be an exemption for additional roster spots, but that will also lead to more players and playing time, which puts people back into the discussion. Are they playing or happy to sit or leaving? And that means you head to the portal. You have to make a decision. If you're a freshman, even a sophomore, are the freshmen going to come in and take your spot? Or this high school class of 21 is going to come in and take your spot? And you, and trust me, the coaches already know where they're going to put you. You have to figure out, are you exiting or not? And this is important because even if you're saying, oh, Mike, this is for college people. No, it's for high school people and parents because you may be in a year now in this situation where you're like, oh, am I going here? Let me check the roster, how many people are in that position and how many people are leaving. And then you got to ask the coach, hey, coach, you got 15 people on your roster. You signed four. Who are you getting rid of and where am I going to play? And 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 most coaches are going to be like, if you're not coming in and starting immediately, there's going to be an exodus of all the upperclassmen, again, unless they're happy to get a roster and get an education and, quote, win or just be on a team. And then they get the pressure of playing harder. And if you're not working hard, the coaches will push you out because they're not going to sit for somebody on a roster that's not working hard which that gets in that catch-22. Um, you know, and that same thought practice includes the sophomores uh, on a college roster. Many colleges assigned high school class of 21 players will have either huge rosters or will use the coming weeks to, to suggest that players leave so they can add incoming freshmen uh, or um, transfers off the portal. No matter what, it's a game of musical chairs as to what you take. What is the value of playing time for the transfer, portal player, or incoming freshman? That's what all the coaches are deciding. This is the big question everybody has to work on right now. If you were uh, one of the players to get a scholarship offer in a class of 21, you are very lucky. If you're in a class of 22, well, here comes the impact for you, and even 23s. The class of 22, which should have, been, which should have an opportunity to place uh, had an opportunity to play this spring without coaches in person and possibly July with coaches in person, are still facing an uphill battle to get a scholarship because of all the cuts in college budgets, overextended rosters, option to take portal players. That means the class of 22, if you're not out there and you're not getting recruited, you better be aggressive. The days of, oh, putting out a, a tweet, here's, I got another offer. They've all disappeared because nobody's offering. And if they're offering, they're offering the top 30, 40 players. And they're telling them, take it or leave it because I got the next person. And you're seeing a lot of people commit early. Um, unless you really know where you want to go. And that was the other problem with the top players because they went real fast because they knew they were tired of being recruited. 
and everybody after that, say 50 through 150, had to wait. Well, now it's helter-skelter. Um, you know, many, many colleges that expect to sign four or five players may end up signing two or three because of loaded rosters and failure for people to leave, you know, their roster. They didn't go to the portal. That gives the class of 22 this year's rising seniors a tough road to, clean, to claim one of the hopefully 1,000 Division I scholarship offers. Yes, there's about 1,000, anywhere 900 to 1,200. So we'll say 1,000. Uh, many class of 20 players who did not get an offer have an option of playing into this spring and summer being unsigned. Again, class of 21s, if you didn't get an offer, you're graduating in June and you don't have something, you're an unsigned senior. You can play this summer. If you committed to a Division One, you shouldn't be, you know, you're crazy to play because, well, you can't play. You're going Division One. If you're Division Two or Three, you may want to play, but your Division Two offer is so precious now, I would suggest that you still not play and just take your scholarship and be happy. If you're Division Three or NA uh, or JUCO, you may want to play into June to see how it goes. Because technically you're still an unsigned senior and you don't have a scholarship offer per se. So that is an option for some of the 21s out there who right now are probably panicking, saying, what am I going to do? And I'm saying to you, you have to have your school choice pretty much done to three where you're going and accepting it. Or you're going to play in the summer still with that two or three schools that you're going to go to if nothing happens. Um, yes. Even junior colleges will benefit from this uh, bottleneck of talent. Um, so with the class of 21 and 22 being topsy-turvy, the next impact is on the class of 23, the rising junior class. Don't anybody kid you. This summer will be about watching this class more intensely than ever. Most of the big schools set their sights on the 23s and 24s because they already know who they wanted above. Yeah, they do. And that's why they're combing. The, the portals, they're combing their list. They're seeing who they can get. And some of them, instead of taking four or five, can only take one or two, maybe three. Um, and that's how it goes. Uh, this will not become apparent until we reach July. And many colleges will have cleaned out their rosters and added their portal players and understand their scholarship count over the next two years. Many coaches will lie about what their real scholarship options are. There's nothing better in your in, in in your competition creating a negative recruiting environment based on those situations basically that says you know if you're going to put out there that no i don't know i can't take you then that helps your competitor get a leg up also it hurts yourself because what if somebody last minute says hey i'm taking this off or i'm going to the portal you would have lost the player so the 23s are going to be very uh, they're going to get a lot of things told them. Don't worry, yeah, you're on a high on our list. Similar to what the college uh, seniors or juniors and college men deal with when the pros are telling them, oh, you should go pro, you'll be a first-round draft choice. Well, realistically, if you're not in the first round, you're not getting that guaranteed money. That's the problem. You know how many players got lied to and ended up in the second round and disappeared? Thank God for the G League. But that's the boy side. Um, and I get, and I'll, and I'm going to repeat this. Many coaches will lie about what their real scholarship options are. It's the 22s and 23s are going to have a hard time. 
what about the class of 24 and even 25, which is the incoming freshman class? Everyone will try to forget the bottleneck above, but some people will think the impact will roll across four years, even down in the 24 and 25 class. And the 25 class are Blue Star 30s, just like this past year, 24 Blue Star 30s that just finished their freshman year. This is why many high school freshmen, if they have a chance to reclassify for high school, should take it just to put them in a better situation a year down. Some parents and players may resist this idea, but that's okay. But you don't kick yourself, uh, you know, kid yourself about the above and the numbers game of scholarships at Division One level and also at Division Two. You have to take those things into consideration. This is why it is important for those players to compete as much as possible and get as many of these games on videos to create uh, packages because colleges do not like watching games. And they hate watching clips, but they hate watching games. But they'll watch, if you tell them, hey, here's a five-minute stretch of a game, here's another five-minute stretch of another game, they don't want to watch clip package because then they're watching the other players. Oh, watch me run to the basket, but I'm not watching you. I'm watching the other players to see if somebody's outrunning you. Yeah, those are some of the things that, again, these coaches who are assistants who were tasked to do a lot of this don't figure out. And they see these, and then they get nervous because if you make two, one or two player mistakes, your head coach is about to put you on a burner seat to say, look, you know, if you can't do this job, I gotta, you need to move on. And if they're their friends, it really creates a problem because now you'll misjudge talent. Again, that's a whole other podcast about talent evaluation. Um, you know, that's why you get, um, you know, that's why you have to get as many videos as you can and put them into a package. And then they'll watch that because uh, I know some coaches are literally crushed watching a player play for a whole game and they make three good moves. Really? That's why, that's why they want to go out because they don't want to have to sit through all these games. So be be smart in your video because it's still going to be the biggest thing out there. You know, uh, Overwatch, all-star type, you know, travel roster games to, you know, can be entertaining. Uh, and people do that, but, you know, they're, they're there just to babysit, you know, their talent. Uh, you know, and you've got to get those videos. This is what you have to do to, if you're, are, you know, going to go out and play with coaches not there, you have to roll the dice and stay, you know, are you going to stay in your grade uh, or are you going to move, you know, up the ladder accordingly? So that becomes a roster issue if you look like you're going to be the star of your travel team. You're going to make an impact. It's tough. Right now I see a big shift in these, in those players though who are in the class of 25. Present eighth graders who may look to reclass and do eighth grade again just to get out of the bullseye of limited scholarships come their junior year. And that's a true thing. The ability to repeat in grade school may not be educationally beneficial, but you also have the chance to take prep high school classes or find time to learn other things and languages. Um, repeating a seventh or eighth grade is a valid choice for the first time for girls because it will distance themselves from the scholarship crunch. And boys are in that same, but uh, that's their problem. They got to deal with it. All the above will create a chaotic and even eventful spring and summer of basketball because all the traditional norms have been cast aside and college coaches have the ability to watch any town at any time, anywhere across the globe from their home or office. And that is a true thing. 
Everyone talked about the desire to watch players in person, but the real truth of that statement is that they want to watch the players on their list so they can figure out if they made the right decision by video. This is what coaches are telling everyone they want to be out. That's why you're hearing it. The spring and summer, with everybody trying to run an event or tournament, making promises of this or that, and a huge lack of insight and direction with all these issues uh, have added to uh, this spring and summer being chaotic from a visibility, opportunity, scholarship standpoint as to just what is the future in 22 and 23. That's the issue. Everybody assumes that COVID will go away by the fall, while others think it could be a yearly issue. And this will be in the you know, 55, but and I made this statement in, uh, months ago that universities will mandate people having a COVID shot before they get back to college. So they're going to put college coaches out and have to deal with that with their oncoming sports teams. Hey, maybe. Over the coming weeks, everyone will see the transfer portal grow from 450 to possibly over 1,000 female players looking for a new home. Just the last few days, a number of college coaches have been calling me or people I know asking either if this player is available or what's the status of this other player. And that is true. Some big-name schools, they call when it's a big-name player transferring. Nobody's calling about the six or seven player leaving the school or somebody who didn't get a lot of time heading to the portal. Unless they were somebody's second or third choice and they're saying, hey, what happened to that player? Then they start making calls. Hey, was that person a drama queen? Did she have issues? You know, how was it a problem? You know, what's, 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 her, what's her situation? And I'll be rude. Are they pain in the neck? Are they smoking weed? Are they, they not working out? They, they're just dragging through practice. They're not working hard. Everything you could think of as a negative that a coach could come up with or the player's not putting in the effort or that passion. If you don't have that passion, it shows up. And that's when everybody's saying, well, you know, what's the issue? And yeah, the coaches will do their homework unless they're desperate for you. So it's not going to be an easy scholarship uh, in the portal. Um, my guidance to everyone is unless you already have a connect for your next school, do not make an ego choice and think you made, you're making a ladder and you can make a lateral move or uh, you're making a move up, a move that can get you uh, more playing time that you think you deserve. And that's probably the biggest issue where the ego steps in. A lot of people say, I'm going to the portal. I'm not happy. This is where reality sets in. And that could mean going down a level, a player, or even down a division. If you don't get that, what you think you're worth. With that know your value, this is where it comes into stark consideration. And I would tell anybody, go back and look at the class next last year's portal and see how many people ended up where. As for high school and grade school, we'll have to wait, a, uh, wait for the summer to see how players and parents made a decision to stay in your grade or to reclass. And I would tell you to do it now because the NCAA has an eight-semester playing calendar for high school. They can't honor that for high school and expect COVID you know, to say, oh, we didn't care, but while they're exempt in their high school or college players from the eight semesters, and plus their medical red shirt, et cetera, et cetera. They're not going to have to, they can't hold the high school players, and even global, and from a global perspective, even players who are trying to come to the U.S. through international means 
uh, couldn't get to the country this year because of COVID. They couldn't get here. So a lot of them are going to basically sat out this year too. And they're waiting to come in. And they're now a class of 22 recruit because they missed the 21s. Is it 21s? No, yeah. Some of, yeah, some of the freshmen. Class of 20s couldn't get here. So those freshmen are now seniors. That's another reason why the 20s who should have been here internationally are now 21s, and they may have given those spots away. And now they've got to fight against the 22s for a scholarship. Unless you're a national team player at another at an international level. Uh, for now, enjoy the women's Final Four, and let's see how the portal fills up in the coming weeks, if not days. And keep an eye on the Supreme Court hearings about name, image, and likeness, because this will also have an impact on the viability of Division I scholarships as we know it. And that means Olympic sports and other sports fighting to say, hey, you know, uh, and gen Title IX gender equity, hey, you need to support women's volleyball and squash and swimming and field hockey with your football and basketball money. But then again, those athletes who create it want a piece of that revenue share. Yes, it's going to be crazy. Uh, but I'll save that for another article. Uh, thank you for coming to Blue Star Media to talk and just understand what's coming down with the portal. And again, if you're reclassifying as a college player, you're doing it now. If you're a high school athlete or even a grade school athlete, you need to contact your state associations and your school and tell them, hey, do not move my child up. I want them to repeat that grade. Or sadly, you may have to move from a public school to a private school to reclass and get that extra year. And you may want to go play for a powerhouse private school. Those are options. I want to thank everybody. Again, you can watch us uh, on YouTube. You can listen to it on Spotify or Apple. And if you want to read it, it will be on bluestarmedia.org as a story. And I will follow us up with Podcast 55 with the latest news coming around. I want to thank everybody. And make sure you uh, let people know and other parents you know about this podcast and videocast because it's important information that you know. Again, nobody talks about this except here. Take care and thank you.